Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy, Q. I thought it was a great weekend, Q, to have you had some great com- great comeback like the Jaguars did. You had some great plays. You had some bad coaching, bad clock management, bad personnel decisions. But, man, the games were exciting, that big play. The Ravens should have beaten the Bengals. The fumble returned by over 98 yards for the winning touchdown. That was astonishing. And then the Vikings losing to the Giants by seven at home. I guess we should have figured it out. They've been living by the hair of their chinny chin chin all year, winning those close games and had a negative point differential. And then I think a lot of people were happy for Giants, and then the Bills came so close to losing, and everybody's on Mike McDaniel for his clock management at the end of the game, but on the other hand, I think they deserve a lot of praise for going to Buffalo with the third string, seventh-round pick and quarterback and almost beating the Bills, and right now, it's scary what's going on with Josh Allen. Two interceptions, fumble return for a touchdown, Joe Burrow has three of the starting offensive linemen out. And the AFC, while you got great quarterbacks, it looks like the only team that's on track to be as good as it was in regular season is Kansas City. Of course it is, right? (laughs) And then they're hosting Jaguars this upcoming weekend for divisional round of the playoffs. Again, John McClain is our guest from gallerysports.com and also Sports Radio 610 there in Houston. You mentioned the Giants. What did you think of the job Brian Dayball has done this year? He's done a fantastic job. Q, I cannot remember about 46 years covering the NFL, a season where there were so many really good coaching jobs, like Brian Dable. Uh, Doug Peterson did a great one. Pete mm. Carroll, nobody, what they did resurrecting Geno Smith and getting in the playoffs, nobody predicted that for them. Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan. He's got a third-string Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. It's just – and Dan Campbell did a fantastic job with the yeah. Lions. And I think Brian Dable's going to win Coach of the Year. But, man, there's some great coaching. And for all those teams out there who need head coaches like the Houston Texans, it just goes to show if you get the right coach like Brian Dable with the Giants and Doug Peterson with the Jaguars, you got a chance to turn it around pretty quick. So with all that being said, John, how much pressure is on a guy like Josh McDaniels who didn't have a very good season with a very talented, well, at least look like a very talented team? You know this better than anybody. You know, they they lost some really tough games. They had injuries at the skill positions other than Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, the receivers and Waller and Renfro being out as long as they were. Tom Brady looked pretty good next year with all those skill position players, especially if they re-sign Jacobs. I'm thinking he would. A lot of people, speculation to you, as you know, say yeah. he and Josh McDaniels want to be reunited. He experienced his greatest seasons with him, although he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Bucks. And this year at his age, my goodness, he set the record for attempts and completions. I think he would look pretty good in Las Vegas. And, uh, but I think there'll be pressure on McDaniels next year to show improvement. It's a tough division, but on the other hand, they do have talent that is better than their record. 
No doubt. No doubt about it. John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610 is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, I want to take it back to the AFC South. I know that's a shocker. But the job that <laughs> Doug Peterson was able to do with the Jaguars. Now, I know that a lot of people were skeptical of the moves that they made in the offseason, signing some receivers that didn't have a big name to big paychecks. Do you think that that strategy can work for some other teams? Maybe not bringing in guys that have the big name, but just the system that they had in place that got the results and Trevor Lawrence obviously stepping up. Is that a system to follow for teams going forward in free agency? Yeah, it's not just them, it's others. Now, the Jaguars have won March a lot, but they haven't won in January. Now they are. And, I mean, there are a lot of jokes about they overpaid for Christian Kirk and and getting Zay Jones in there. And they, they every player they brought in a skilled position has done better than people thought. Not that they thought, but the, rather than other people thought, like me. And uh, I think it shows they know what they're doing in personnel then they're coaching them very good, very well. You know, the ones that are unsung heroes are the position coaches. They never get any credit. It's the head coach and the coordinators. But if your team is successful, your position coaches are doing a really good job. That's what happens with Jaguars. Now, they've had the first overall pick the last two years. They've had millions in cap money to spend, and it's finally come to fruition. I was really happy for Peterson because he's a first-class act. You look back, you wonder, how the hell did he get run in Philadelphia? And uh, But I think they're a great model, just like the Giants are. There's a lot of teams that have more talent than the Giants, like the Vikings. And But they've done a great coaching job, done a great job filling in. Joe Stone, Joe Shane, their new GM, he's probably going to take second in voting for executive year to the Eagles' Howie Roseman. Now, everyone's celebrating on the Jacksonville side of things and on the Chargers side of things. Everyone is wondering what in the world just happened. Do you see a situation where Brandon Staley doesn't return as the coach next season? No, Brandon Staley will be the coach. They're not going to hire um, uh, uh, I guess Sean Payton. Payton. And I think there's a good chance they'll find their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. He did a terrible job in the second half. He didn't run the ball. They didn't get it to Austin Eckler. When you've got Justin Herbert, quarterback, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, you ought to have more than three points against Jacksonville, and they didn't. And I think some heads are going to roll, and I think it starts with him. Talking right now with John McClain from GalleriesSports.com and also Sports Radio 610 in Houston here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, John, just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, Seven teams that didn't make the playoffs in 2021 made the playoffs in 2022. What does that tell you about the league? And you mentioned earlier how quickly things can get turned around for teams. They like for it to be parity, and that's not P-A-R-O-D-Y. And uh, <laughs> they want to see parity. I'm a lot of coaches say we're an 8-8 eight eight league. And when you're better than 8-8, eight eight, it's because you have luck with the injuries. Your quarterback stays healthy. Think if the Jaguars were playing their third quarterback, a rookie Mr. Irrelevant like the 49ers, would they be where they are? I doubt it. Uh, what if uh, uh, Mike McDaniel was able to play two of by lower the whole time? Would they be eliminated? I doubt it. And so it depends so much on your luck with injuries. And Lamar Jackson, you know, if Lamar Jackson had played that game, they would have won, should have won anyway. Right. And so that's what the, any team that has a quarterback can stay healthy and he's good, they're showing this year you can win. You can get back in the playoffs. That would bode very well for a team like the Raiders, 
not for a team like the Texans, because the Texans don't have very much talent, but the Raiders got enough talent to at least get in as wild card. You know, the Raiders' misfortune is the division they play in, and as long as the Chiefs are there, they're going to rule. And uh, But with extra wild card teams, it doesn't mean you can't get in and do some damage. I'm glad you mentioned Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I wanted to ask you about him, and you've been covering the league for a very long time. He tweeted out exactly what his injury was and the level grade it was and everything, which I thought was a bad sign. Didn't think that was something that the Baltimore Ravens were going to be too proud about. This feels like it's headed to a, a, a break, an ugly breakup, John. What do you think ultimately happens with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? I don't think there's any way they're going to trade him, and he's loved and respected by his teammates and his coaches. He and John Arbaugh have a really good relationship. But teams lie about injuries. They all do it. And Arbaugh acts like, well, not this week, maybe next week, when they know he's not coming back. That's just standard operating procedure for most NFL coaches. And Jackson got tired of hearing people saying he's not playing because of his, he doesn't want to get hurt worse to hurt his contract situation. And he did it. And you know the Ravens don't like it. And then he put out a tweet this morning aimed at the Ravens without saying it. That, you know, you take care of your people, your people take care of you. So that's headed down ugly street, and that's never a good sign. At worst, they can franchise him at best. They'll sign him to a multi-year deal. They offered him $270 million, but with only 130 guaranteed, while Deshaun Watson got 230 guaranteed, they're going to have to get that guarantee a lot higher, not in Watson's stratosphere, but I'd say somewhere around 175 And... Uh, mm. And I think they'll get it worked out one way or another, and he'll be back next year. Something that I wanted to ask you about, John, you mentioned Sean Payton earlier, and I see some headlines going around that he would consider the Texans' job. Is that just, hey, he would hear them out, or do you think it's a real shot that Sean Payton could be the head coach for the Texans next season? Well, he's going to interview. Now, he walks for supposedly $20 million a year. He said today on Colin Coward's show that he has it worked out with the Saints to be a mid-level or low first-round pick. There have been reports over the weekend that he, they want a one and more. He said no. It's already been worked out. Teams that get interviews have already agreed to the parameters of the trade. Texans have a second overall pick. They're not going to get that. They got the 12th overall pick from Cleveland, and I don't think they want to give up that. So maybe they give up their one next year. They got 10 picks next year, 11 this year, two ones this year, two ones next year, and a lot of cap runs. And uh, Peyton said he knows Nick Casario, he knows the McNair family, but that's smart. Anybody he's asked about, he should have great things to say because, as you guys know, when you've got leverage and you've got more than one team after you, you're going to get a better deal. That's why I've never gotten a better deal in my life, John. I've never had more than one after me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you know that's true. I remember you had offers all over the country, and you chose Las Vegas because you love those Raiders. There you go. There you go. Well, John, we definitely appreciate you as always, my man. Great stuff. Uh, enjoy tomorrow. I know that's an honor for you to go through the Hall of Fame uh, you know, selection and, and all the process that it is. It's an honor each and every year. So we thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I've got two presentations. Chuck Alley of the late, not the late, the great, uh, Dallas Cowboys linebacker, and then Andre Johnson, the Texans' great wide receiver. Q and DeMond, thank you guys very much, and I'll talk to you Tuesday and next week. 
All right, appreciate you, John. There he goes. John McClain, gallerysports.com, the Hall of Fame voter. It's awesome when you can get a Hall of Fame voter on your show each and every week to talk all things NFL and break it on down. And tomorrow he's got a very good thing going on where he's going through the Hall of Fame process. He'll hear presentations. He'll give his own presentations. And just to think about having that honor, what a, what a, first of all, what a huge responsibility that is because you, you can't just go through it. Like sometimes you have, you have a, a, somebody will send you something and ask you to vote on it, and you just kind of go through it real quick. Oh, yeah, that person, that person, that person, boom, send it back. This is for the Hall of Fame. If that doesn't take some actual work and sit down, like he said, nine hours of presentations tomorrow, he's going to go through. I mean, that is awesome. I guarantee that nine hours ain't going to feel like nine hours when it comes to li- listening to all the greats that are going to be presented. And I remember him telling me all the stories of when, you know, Cliff Branch was being presented by, you know, Mr. Davis or Paul Gutierrez or whoever was, was uh, presenting, you know, Cliff Branch and, and others, you know, guys who were, who were presenting Tim Brown and other guys that John has presented, how much work really goes into it. And it's, it's, such, it's so awesome just to hear the whole process. So uh, that's a hell of an honor right there. Him and Shereen Williams, uh, that's another one right there. It's a Hall of Fame voter. We've had her on the show many times. Uh, she does a fantastic job as well. 316 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to your calls and texts. we got Mark McMillan, the former NFL defensive back. He'll join us at 330. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino every Monday night. We're here for Monday Night Football. We've got a lot of prizes for you. We've got the official craft beer of the Las Vegas Raiders, the Hop Valley. You want it? We got it for you. Got a few cases of that. We got the 2023 Hooters calendar. I realize it's about halfway through January, but there's still time. What's this little thing here? Hold on. Let me go and investigate this. This is a Hooters. I guess it's a koozie. I'm going to explain this to you because I know we're on the radio. Got to be careful where I grab it. I might look like a, a pervert. This is official Hooters merchandise. It's a Hooters koozie. It says delightfully tacky yet under uh, or unrefined, excuse me, on the back. Oh, it's actually it's not a koozie, James. It's, as you're my witness, it's called a boobsie. So there you go. Damon, I'm holding a Hooters koozie that literally has Hooters on it, if that's if that's how we're wording it. <laughs> it's a family show, so I'm trying to keep it as clean as possible. You know, the wife's out of town right now, so when she gets back, I should have this on the table holding my drink when she walks in, walks in the door. She'll be like, what's that? I'll be like, oh, those the Hooters. The Hooters holding my cup. <laughs> this is something that my man Vegas Jess would love to have. Like, I don't, I don't mean to put Vegas Jess's business in the street. I really don't because he's my good friend. But this is totally something I could see Vegas just having in his collection at the house. And he'd be like, hey, wife, check out my boobsy. And this is not my name. I didn't come up with it. It's literally on the back here. It sells for $11.99 if you want to know. It's a price tag right here. But we have it for you today for free. I, feel like I sound like an infomercial. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's, it's here. It's pretty funny. <laughs> As I start advertising, everyone's looking around like, hey, let me have one. So, yeah, Vegas Jess. But I hope that one guy doesn't come by. Which one? The guy who was shopping at the last remote. Oh, man. Yeah, that dude, he'll pick up everything. He won't even know he's picking up. He'll take this Hooters beanie and put it on his head. Oh, it's cold outside. You know, I can can see it now, man. I don't mind you coming by and picking up surprises, but you don't need to go shopping. (laughs) 
We have the guys that'll go shopping. But yeah, Vegas Jess is gonna come screaming in here. He needs he needs this in his collection. I'm gonna I'm gonna manifest it. You know what they say? You talking into existence? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna manifest it. His wife is gonna be like, "Thanks, Q. Thanks a lot." Let's go out to you though. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. We want to know what's the gap looking like between the Raiders and the best teams in the AFC, like the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs. And also, are you paying attention to tonight's game a little bit closer because of the speculation with Tom Brady and where he may be playing in twenty twenty three? Let's talk to our good friend Shields. Up, oh, welcome to the show, my man. Hello. What's up, Doc? Oh, I'm sorry, man. I lost you. How you doing, Q? I'm blessed, man. How are you doing? Uh, what's, uh, if you mind me asking, what's tonight's topic, buddy? <laughs> I kinda, We're asking I, I about the – Oh, it's all in, good. Man. All good, all good. We're just asking about the gap between the Raiders and the teams in the AFC, the best teams in the AFC, like the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. And also, are you paying attention to tonight's game a little bit closer with the Bucks and the Cowboys because of the speculation when it comes to Tom Brady? Well, yeah, the gap's been getting – bigger because we ain't got no quarterback (laughs) right um, right yeah there's that there's that that's that to me that's the elephant in the room no doubt so um that that's a that's a big gap um can i touch on Derek Carr because i haven't called in in a while man go for Um, it go for it all right i appreciate it um the thing about the whole car thing is this is that it's all about his character i think if um if he bends the knee and decides to take the $40 million, get greedy and say, okay, I'll go to this team or that team, I'll, I'll give up my choice, and he goes for the money, or he stays in character and takes goes to the free agency and takes a lesser pay cut. That's the whole thing. Personally, as a Raider fan, I want him to take that trade. I want him to bend the knee and say, okay, I'll take the other $40 million, and that way we can get some draft picks. If we can get a one in three, or a, a two and three, or a one and three next year, that'll be fine. So we so we roll in with with, with some serious picks. And um, as far as tonight, um, I mean, I, I don't I don't think Brady's coming, win or lose. I you know what? To tell you the truth, I, I'm gonna put something real real, real quick. You go um, for it. Okay, where where is he from? Cali. Cali. Northern Cali? Yeah, he's a Northern Cali guy. Okay. Who was his uh, uh, idol growing up? Uh, Joe, Monta- Joe Montana. The Niners were his team. There you go. That's where I think he's going to close it out. Now, that being said, he might show up in New England, sign that one-day contract, and retire. But I got a feeling that Garoppolo's going to walk. They're not, bent, they're not, they're not uh, confident in the quarterback that's been playing now. And I think Joe Montana's going there. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Joe Brady. Joe Bra- uh, 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 Tom Brady's going Tom there. Tom Brady. That other guy. So, yeah. Yeah, that other guy. His, his, his brother from the other side of town. So, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, and uh, that, that's it, man. Thanks for taking my call, man. And uh, let's go. Shields up. All right. Shields up. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And- I don't think he ends up in San Francisco because I think they have so many options. You know, they got Trey Lance coming back from injury. Uh, Brock Purdy is is playing really well. I swear I'm about to choke. Brock Purdy is about to uh, is playing really well, so I can see I can see him uh, sticking around there and kind of competing for that job. 
Jimmy G, like you said, is going to walk. So I, I don't think I don't think TB12 is going to end up there. I don't know where he's going to end up next year. I really don't. But you know, just because all the speculation is out there, I feel like tonight's game is a little bit more intriguing, just to kind of get that look and say, well, what does the guy, what does the old man have, right? So that's that's that. As far as uh, Derek Carr, what he's going to do with the contract situation and the the whole trade, honestly, he's got to do whatever is best for him. That's the only thing I'd ever expect him to do. I would never expect him to do a favor for the Raiders. I'd also never expect him to go and do something intentionally to hurt the Raiders. I think that whatever his focus is going to be should be and will be 100% on what's best for him. And that's all you could ask. That's all you could ask is for someone to do what's best for them. I, I couldn't. I couldn't ask anybody to do something that's not best for them, right? I mean, that would just be super selfish. Let's go out real quick to the phone lines and get Passionate Raider on. Welcome to the show, man. What's on your mind? Gentlemen, man, uh, I, 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 man, Q, I think I'm over this Tom Brady hype, man. It's not sitting well in my stomach, man. It's just, it just seems like it, if Tom Brady was to come to us, it'd be the time he fell off, like I said the other day. So I, I just want to see a good game tonight. We saw some good football this weekend. We saw some defensive defenses keep games and win these games this weekend. Without a defense, we ain't going nowhere in this AFC West, in the AFC period. I agree. It's not going to happen, Q. So, I, I, this Tom Brady thing, man, I think it's over. But what I'm really upset about, man, and I'm done after today, I'm done beating this horse. After everything that's been done and after all the hype and after everything people said about D.C., him being this, him being that, him talking to that church the other day didn't sit well with my stomach. That ain't the time or the place to point the fingers and really keep the mic looking on you like you're the good guy. Man, we didn't see it. And then after Hondo's, uh, uh, Hondo's report today, his, his story he put out about him actually having somebody finally call him out, make him feel like, like you've got to do this and he wasn't in control, he couldn't handle that. And I remember reading a paragraph and I'm like, like a little kid to pick his ball up and go home, man. So, I mean, I just hope they just did. Tomorrow, I hope we pick up and read that the Raiders have cut ties so we don't got to talk about them no more because it's over with. Well, we don't. Th- 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 thank you for the call, my man. Thank- we, don't, we don't have to talk about them. That's, that's, that's your option, right? That's your option. So that's something that we don't do actively every day is bring him up, and I do that for a reason because there's always going to be an argument back and forth. And even when I talk about them or anyone speaks on them, words can always get twisted up to make it sound like, you know, that you're saying one thing, one thing bad about them or something. And, you know, he had the, 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 you know, the church talk this weekend, and that was great. I didn't have any problem with it. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to do what he does. He's a preacher, and, and he does that, and, and that's what that's, – I, I didn't have no problem with it. Yeah, it's funny. We haven't talked about Derek Carlsville. But it's funny no, when you I, say, I, "Hey, I, I do that. I do that on purpose, right? I do that on purpose." No, but it, passionate radio. Yeah, I'm going to take a little shot at your words. We didn't talk about Derek Carl's show. You wanted to talk about him. No one brought right, him up right, until you wanted thing. to bring I mean, him up, and then why are we talking about we Derek? We don't have to talk about him. <laughs> we don't have. We can do shows, and I know every show is not capable of doing that. Doing a show without talking about because he's a lightning rod type conversation. All I'm interested in is who the next guy is. Now, I know that he's not coming back, so I want to know who the next guy is because I'm about moving forward. Right? I had somebody text me over the weekend and say, well, is Daniel Jones better than Derek Carr? And I said, it doesn't matter. Derek Carr is not the Raider quarterback anymore, so it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. None of that matters. Only thing that matters is what the team does moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, he'll join us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 
on Raider Nation Radio. The Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge is where we are. We're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. Tonight, it is the finishing up of the Super Wild Card Weekend. The Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to close things out. Next week will be divisional round, but we won't be here next Monday. But we are here tonight, so we ask you to come on by and get hooked up with some of the many prizes that we have. We got a tweet from our guy, Mike. He said, the gap is huge now. Talking about the gap between the Raiders and the AFC, the best teams in the AFC. No quarterback, and McDaniels cannot adjust his system to elevate his players like other new coaches have this year. McDaniels needs players to elevate him as a coach. That's from Mike. It's a big tweet right there from Mike. Joining us now on the phone lines is our guy, Mark McMillan. I think we just lost Mark. Did we lose Mark? I think we lost Mark. I'm back. Yeah, I think I think he's. Oh, he's back. There he is. I just saw your text that said they hung up on you. So now, uh, former <laughs> NFL defensive back, Mark McMillan. Mark, we're working out our new studio today. So it's like getting a new car, right? We had a 99 Cadillac yesterday. Now we're driving to 2023, and we're trying to figure out all the bells and whistles that go along with it. So, you know, hey, you hey, just got to gotta deal with this while we can. But uh, I wanted to ask you, Mark, I mean, you, you know talent. What happened? I said that just means you're moving up like George and Weezy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're trying to move up, my man. We're trying to move up. But I wanted to ask you about uh, talent. And after seeing the Super Wild Card weekend, of course, there's one more game to be played. When you see the Raiders and you covered them all season long and you see the better teams in the AFC like the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, obviously, how, how, how big do you think that that gap is between them and the better teams in the AFC right now? You know, I was thinking about that when I was watching the games and, you know, just going through my head over the season – they're not that far off. Um, you know, obviously you've got to feel a quarterback void uh, since Derek Carr is gone, but I just really think a, a well-organized, a well-coached team, uh, you know, had some injuries in and out. You had the contract dispute with uh, Waller. So there was a lot of things off the field that, that just didn't add up for them to win on the field before they even started the season. Uh, but if you look at the roster, you know, obviously, you know, you struggle a little bit on defense, but you have some pieces in place that can be able to compete at a high level. Um, and you see in the NFL, man, it's, it's, it's the receivers on the outside. It's the running back making plays. And there's no better receiver in the game than uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, Waller, Waller's one of the better tight ends. Josh Jacobs, is, he left the National Football League in rushing. You know, so there, there's a lot of good pieces there that you look at some of these games, you're like, man, you know, you're, you're not, they're not as far off as people think they are. With the success that the first-year coaches, and particularly like a Brian Dayball, Mark McDaniel, or Mike McDaniel, excuse me, uh, that had in Miami, how much pressure do you think now is on Coach McDaniel's in year two as he's going into year two to get it right with the Raiders? Well, there was a lot of pressure, you know, replacing the coach from last year. You know, they, they went to the playoffs, and you know it's so hard to win a game in the NFL. But then you make it to the playoffs last year, and you come back and. You have a new coach that people are excited about. You know, everybody started riding the wave of him being with the Patriots. But Tom Brady is not in that locker room. Belichick is not calling the defensive signals. Um, you know, so he's under a lot of pressure. I'm sure he's looking at some of these games and like, man, these are new guys. These are fresh new guys that's coming in. You look at, uh, you know, looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they were able to do, you know, with their first-year head coach. Um, obviously, you know, does won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, but he's still a new coach. Uh, with a new team and, you know, with, with talent around them. And you look at their roster, and you, the, the Raiders were double digits with, against those guys, you know. So it's not like it's not like they were that, that far off. So, you know, Josh got to look at that, and uh, hopefully Mark Davis looks at this and like, man, 
you know, we're, we're one coach away uh, to getting our things back in order and back rolling. Obviously, you need some some pieces on the defensive side, including the secondary, but huge. they're not that far off. What did you think of Jacksonville's comeback and the way that they beat the Chargers after at one point being down 27-0? Um, it just shows a lot of uh, resilience in that, in that organization. Um, you know, they went out and got Doug, uh, you know, Peterson, who was chilling on the beach, you know, didn't want to coach after, you know, he parted ways with the Eagles. Uh, but one of the best hires that they probably could have made at that particular time, uh, you get Travis Etienne back, you know, who's a big-time running back that can – do a lot of things out of the backfield, similar to Josh Jacobs. Uh, you have Trevor Lawrence, who you know who's going through his growing pains, and you know a lot of people are like, man, three interceptions, but you know that kid showed a lot of moxie. Um, you know he fought through it. Uh, obviously, having a head coach that's on the same page. Listen, Raider Nation, when you have your head coach on the same page as your quarterback, this is what happens. You know, good things happen, and hopefully, whoever the quarterback here is and, and Vegas can be on the same page as Josh. And maybe Josh needs to, you know, look at himself and like, what can I do better as a coach to be able to put myself in position with this organization? Talking right now with former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I, I should have started off with this since we are in the playoffs right now. What is, what is the mindset like of an NFL player when it goes from regular season to playoffs? And you know it's win or go home. Oh, man, you turn your phone off. Um, you know, you kick everybody to the <laughs> curve. It sounds crazy, man, but, uh, you know, I didn't talk to my mom or my brothers or, or cousins uh, all week. You know, I knew they were flying in town. You know, we made sure uh, that, that as soon as we knew we were going to the playoffs, we buy their tickets, we get their tickets to the game. That whole week, man, you just shut everything off and you lock in. Uh, it's a one-game elimination. The stakes are so high. Uh, you know, the speed of the game changes big time, which I had no clue of until I was with Philadelphia in my rookie year. And we had to go on the road against the Saints, who had the best defense in the league. Uh, you know, they had two, what, three Hall of Fame linebackers, uh, you know, in New Orleans, playing in the Dome, on the road. And, you know, we were down. We were getting our butt kicked. And, you know, we just went in the locker room, and, you know, Reggie White, we soaked the wagon. And uh, we had a, a, you know, a dramatic comeback, Randall Cunningham, Fred Barnett. Uh, you know, we just all gathered together, man. But the pace of the game definitely shocked me. Um, you know, being a starter, I'm thinking like, okay, the game is fast. But when you get to the playoffs, it's a whole different beast, man. And you see it uh, from these last couple of games. Everybody thinks there's going to be a blowout. No, there's not no, going to be any blowouts in the playoffs because it's all about game plan. And these guys want to get that ring, man. It's go time. Right, no doubt. And I, I did want to ask you, how much of it is trying to keep everything the, the same, you know, the, as you did all the all season long, but at the same time, know it's the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, stick with your regular yeah. routine, not make it bigger than what it is. Uh, you stick to the regular routine. Um, you know, like I said, I shut my mom and everybody off, but I did that anyway. You know, game day, you know, they were at the house. Right. I didn't talk to my mom. I didn't say hello. You know, I gave her a hug, and I was out. But, you know, you stick to your same routine <laughs> and try to keep it as normal as possible. Um, like I said, it's still a game. You still got to go out there and perform. Obviously, the stakes are a little higher. Uh, but, you know, you just say even kill, um, you know, as a player. You know, you, you, like you said, you still go to the same restaurants that you go to. Um, you still hang out with your boys after practice or whatever. But, like I said, the, the window is very small. So you want to make sure that you, you're putting yourself in the best position uh, for your teammates. Because you don't want to be that guy uh, that lets your teammates down in the game. 
No, no, you don't want to be that guy at all. Again, Mark McMillan is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, DeMoss got one for you. Speaking of letting your teammates down, it segues into the question that I wanted to ask you. Doesn't matter if you've seen the play, but yesterday, Stephon Diggs, he beat Xavier Howard for a 54-yard gain about in the first quarter, and that set up a touchdown. But Darius Slay, he said on Twitter, you can't play cover zero and not get any coverage because then you're setting your corners up to fail. Is that like what in cover zero? Should you not have enough time to you know complete a fifty-four yard catch? And is not that's more on the defensive line as opposed to the corner that got beat? Uh, like you said, it's all about situation, D. Um, you know, we called a coverage. Uh, it was called schoolyard, and you always know schoolyard. That's when everybody's on the playground and everybody is playing. That means everybody is going. So you better buckle up the chin strap because you're getting zero help, and you're relying on your pressure to get there because they can't block everybody. So that free rusher, man, he knows he's got to get there. Um, like I said, that was a big-time play in that game. And, you know, like I said, cover zero is a tough coverage. But, um, you know, they've been playing that coverage, uh, you know, a lot this season. And, you know, they've been getting there. But in that particular play, you know, it, it didn't work out for the defense side of the ball. But, you know, when you play cover zero, man, it, you just got to just, you know, you got to let them hang, you know. <laughs> I can't say that on, on, on the radio, but you got to let them hang. People out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then what Q was talking about earlier about sticking to your routine, when it comes to playing defense in the playoffs, is it true that, hey, teams are well, back, maybe back in your day that teams are trying to run more? Did your defensive philosophy change once the playoffs came around? Um, our defense philosophy stayed the same. Um, you know, like I said, I always speak, speak for myself. Uh, I knew my rookie year, uh, going into the playoffs, uh, like I said, going on the road in New Orleans, I knew they weren't going to Eric Allen. So I was the guy that they specifically game plan for that whole week. Uh, that they were going to target. And, you know, our defense stayed the same. Um, you know, we still ran our blitzes. We still made, played a lot of man-to-man coverage. Um, you know, being uh, back east, you know, you would think you'll run the ball more. But we just stayed to our game plan. And uh, I don't think any other team that we played against, the Cowboys, uh, you know, they still ran the ball and threw the ball effectively. Um, they didn't change from anything. They just picked out their individual matchup that they wanted to attack, and that's what they did. And that's what you're seeing here in the playoffs. Uh, they're finding the linebacker. Or they're finding a defensive uh, defensive back that they're going to target, and they're going at that particular target. And uh, we'll probably see that again tonight. Um, you know, I, I know uh, Diggs gambles a lot for the Cowboys, uh, but the, re- the defensive back on the other side, the corner, he's been getting burned a lot. So look for you know Mike Evans and Tom Brady to exploit that matchup tonight. Talking right now with Mark McMillan here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on the Say Roughness. Now you play with guys that are either in the Hall of Fame or should be in the Hall of Fame, but. Every time people talk about the defenses that you were on, your name always pops up. For you as a player, how much pride did you take to know that, yeah, I'm on the defense with some big-time names, but I'm sure not the weakest link either. I'm holding my own, and I'm, I'm doing it big. Uh, when you speak of Hall of Fame, I'm still pissed off Eric Allen did not get in the Hall of Fame. No disrespect to you I know, already know. it. And now with Albert you know, Lewis, you know, played against those guys. No disrespect, but God dang it, come on, people. My man has put up numbers. He's yep. I played on the other side of this guy, and I was very successful. He was more successful than I was, and, you know, he's still not getting it. So I just have to get that off my chest, too. But, uh, you know, I, I say that a lot when people reach out on, on social media when they find I'm on there. And uh, I talked to Seth Joyner. He's like, man, stop talking about us. He said, you are a valuable part of that defense as well. It took 11 people uh, to make this defense successful. And, you know, I always try to you know, pay homage to my guys up front, Clyde Simmons, Reggie White. Uh, you know, Jerome Brown had a brief uh, stint with him as well. Uh, but like I said, man, I, 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 that's what you want. You know, you get your respect from your peers. Uh, even speaking with Rich Gannon a couple of weeks ago, he was like, man, you were one 
that dude. And to get that from Rich, you know, it's pretty cool. And uh, when I went to San Francisco and, and first walked into the locker room, Steve Young, he's like, thank God we got you on your team because we hated playing against you. And, you know, we didn't win a Super Bowl. We won a couple of playoff games. But when you get the respect from your peers, uh, that meant a lot for me, man, because I obviously, you know, a lot of people said I wasn't even supposed to be there. So I was there. I made a good name for myself. And, man, like I said, I had some good family members and, the, and love and support behind me. Yeah, and I'm telling you, every time I hear anyone talking about those defenses, your name always pops up about how big of a role that you played. And I think that's just, like I said, a credit to your work ethic and what you put into it. And you weren't going to be the weakest link. I always say, man, look, you know, give me everything you got. You know, that's all I want is give me everything you got. And I know that you always left it all out there on the field. With that being said, the AP All-Pro came out on Friday, the first and second team. Max Crosby wasn't on it. And I know, Mark, you can't put everybody on it. And you made some great, you know, first teams. You were all batting, all that. What does it mean to a player to make that, you know, AP All-Pro? And, and how do you think Max Crosby is going to take not making it this year? Oh, he's going to use that against uh, for more fuel. You know, when you're a great player like that, you look for ways to uh, motivate yourself. And what, what's going to motivate Max is seeing his name uh, left off that list. And, you know, now a lot of people say, you know, Bosa, he led the league in sacks. Uh, you know, like I said, it was, it was very impressive, you know, but week in and week out, people may say we're biased, but I guarantee if you talk to any tackle in the league that played against Max Crosby was like, he should be on that list. And uh, I remember the, the year I led the league in interceptions and touchdowns returned, you know, I made second team all pro and everybody's like, how can you not, how can you lead the league and have all these records and not be first team? But and it only fueled me to be a better player uh, that next year and, and, and end up having a better year that year. But Max Crosby is just going to use this for motivation. And uh, I'm excited that I'm on, the, on this end to be able to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you and me both, my man, you and me both. Well, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about Gorilla Grills. I saw a tweet from you this weekend, and uh, the Gorilla Grills look pretty awesome, man. Tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, I partnered up with Grilla Grills. Uh, we've been in partnership for about a month. Uh, you know, they send me and make sure I have all my grills and, and pellets uh, and all the seasons and everything that you see this delicious food that I'm cooking on these grills. So, man, it's, it's a great company out of uh, uh, out of uh, Missouri that I partner with, man. And, uh, you know, they've been first class with me. And, um, and the grilling is only going to ramp up from here. So I'm excited uh, to keep firing up that grill, man. And uh, like I said, I got to bring some ribs in for y'all, man, right off the Gorilla Grill so y'all can taste it. Yes, yes, no, you do. And, and I got to ask, man, are the Gorilla Grill, so is that is that an all-pellet grill? What is, I mean, how, how does that go? Well, they have a stick grill, they have a pellet grill, um, and they have a charcoal grill. So they got three grills, and they got a tailgate, oh, okay. uh, you know, well, that you can take it anywhere you want. If you're going camping, you know, you can just roll up with your, with your tailgate grill, has some really nice wheels on it, so it makes it, Real easy to get in and out of tight spaces. Uh, you know, so, man, my, my grill is always smoking in the backyard, and I'm sure my neighbors are like, what is he up to today? <laughs> right. I bet. I have no doubt. But I'll tell you right now, man, I saw that picture. I saw that video you tweeted over the weekend, and I said, you know what? That's what I'm going to get the wife. I can't do anything with it. All I can do is buy it and put it in the backyard and let her go to work on it. I can clean it and make sure it's clean, but I, I can't <laughs> do nothing with it, but she can do something, so. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go ahead and, and get one of them Gorilla Grills, man. I'm going to say this came courtesy of uh, Mark McMillan. He suggested it, so I went and got it. Oh, man, you got to get it. If you compare it to the other grills out there, man, it's, it's a it's a family-owned company, so they stand by it. If anything goes wrong, man, they're on the line with you personally uh, going through technical support. If things break down, they'll ship you a new one. 
the green egg that I got, uh, it's called the Kong. It's called the Kong. It's similar to the green egg, which is half the price of a green egg. So I like that. And they don't charge Ooh, you for shipping. Nice. So everything is included. So if it says seven ninety nine, you ain't paying for shipping or anything else. You getting that grill for seven ninety nine. So I highly recommend it. Going out there and get yourself a grill and grill. I will. I got to go do another show from another corner to make a a little bit extra money so I can go get it. But I'm going to go do it. I'm going to get it. I promise you, my man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make that money. Make that money. Don't let that money make you. (laughs) You already know. I appreciate y'all, man. Make sure y'all go out and get that uh, Grilla McMillan Chicken Margarita Pizza 2 down at Evil Pie. And we're donating a dollar back to the Nathan Adelson Hospice Care Center uh, here in Las Vegas as well. So we're doing a lot of good things here, man, trying to – uh, help the people out in Vegas and use my platform for, for a lot of positivity and, and try to bring awareness to a lot of, you know, charities and stuff like that. So we're here, man, and I'm, I'm excited for a lot of partners and restaurants and businesses that's been reaching out, uh, wanting, you know, wanting to partner up with me. So I'm excited for, for a lot of things that come aboard, and I appreciate you guys giving me the platform to promote those businesses and those foundations as well. No doubt, man. Well, great stuff. And like I said, I always appreciate you using your platform for positivity. We need more of that. We need more Mark McMillans, but they don't, you know, they don't just come off of trees, man. You're not just, you know, you're just not, I can't go outside and find one on a tree. So uh, we appreciate you giving us some of your time, my man. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, man. I'm not, a tr- I, I used to be a branch, but now I gained a little weight. So now I'm a tree. <laughs> There you go. There you go. That, that'll work, man. We all do it. There he goes. Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. 351 is the time. I really am going to go and get one of those Gorilla Grills. I don't know which one I'm going to get, DeMond, but I'm going to get one. When, uh, when the wife fires it up and, and throws some meat on that grill, she ain't going to fire up no dollar steak from the dollar store. That's for sure. I still can't believe that you, uh, you said that. I should have asked Gorilla McMillan about that. I'm glad you didn't. I should have asked him, like, can you believe DeMond bought a steak from the dollar store? But you know what he would have said? Oh, he he would have been like, hey, you use my grilling McMillan seasonings, you can make any steak taste good. That's all you got to do. You season it up nice. You can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, man. You know what I mean? Isn't that what they say? You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. I don't care what seasonings you put on it. I don't care how you dress it up, how you dance it up. A steak from the dollar store is still a steak from the dollar store. There ain't – you can't – man – you can't turn, you know, Benny, Benny Hill into Benny Hanna. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't. <laughs> You're telling me that the ribeye that I got from the doc is just as good as the – no, I'm just kidding. It was not. <laughs> there, it was not. I didn't say I it was good. I could go to some place and get a – I'm guaranteed it wasn't. I can go somewhere and get a bone-in ribeye and just take the bone, and it would have been tastier than that steak you got from the dollar store. Just the, just the seasonings. Q, for research purposes only, I, it's not like I'm out here – eating dollar store steak on on the regular i hope not i hope not man i just i just have a feeling that you're going you're you're going to some tendencies or something you're trying to impress on the on the low like hey i got an idea i'm gonna invite kayla over for a steak dinner but she ain't gonna know i'm gonna get the steak from the dollar store man yeah i've got nothing to say (laughs) 352 is the time we're at the underground lounge at the oyo hotel and casino monday night football will be on these tvs in just a little bit, Tampa Bay versus the Cowboys. Let us know your thoughts. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.